Welcome to Dear Hollow Heroes, the very first episode of the podcast. Some of you diehard fans might be already wondering, isn't this a return? Well, no. We were once a radio station at my campus, 90.3 WMSC. We have branched off and become our very own podcast. And I'm super excited, even though we are in a bedroom with now a stool and three chairs instead of a professional radio station studio. But I'm still super excited to like announce... how Apple started. <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited to announce the return of my two best friends. First off to my right, Rob Kelly. Hey, hello. And across from me, Liam Meekum. What is up, guys? You, that's, that's the end of the intro. We're going straight into the stories already. Sounds good. All right. Well, we had our preseason. We figured out what we were going to do with this show. S- same aligned with the NFL, because we thought we should start when the NFL season starts. Only makes sense. It only made sense. So we're going to start at the same time, but just like our preseason, the NFL preseason has come to a close. Teams are going to their final cuts today, getting down to that 53-man roster, and we've had seen some amazing players throughout those three games, well, unless you're the Jets or Browns, four games. We saw some amazing players emerge as future starters, future stars, but we've also seen people that you're just like, well, that's the end of their career. So, what do you guys takeaways from the preseason who do you guys think was that guy that's going to be the next nfl star and who do you think we've seen their final days on the field uh so let's start out with the rookies yeah yeah i mean why not uh let's talk about the three rookie qbs that are poised to make their starts this year that is cj stroud of the texans you have also anthony richardson of the colts and bryce young of the panthers all right so first of all which one are you guys most excited for if I'm being honest, Richardson. Okay. Only because he was the one I didn't think was going to get drafted that high. Okay. I didn't necessarily think he was going to be a starter from the get-go. He has a cannon for an arm. He does. That is, that is confirmed. He can throw the ball and 80 he's an yards with ease. And he is an athlete. But when he was playing in Florida, I think the biggest concern was just his overall accuracy. Yeah. Because he can't, he has a cannon, but he will overthrow. Which means there's a very high ceiling for him. Which means he could end up being extremely good. But we see a lot of those players, you know, become busts. You know, they they struggle with their accuracy. They struggle with turnovers a lot of times, um, and they rely on that athleticism a lot throughout college. Um, so I think the lowest floor and the highest ceiling belongs to Anthony Richardson. Personally, that's why I'm most excited for him too. Um, and I love, there's a lot of stories about him. I remember it was after maybe one of the media days or maybe one of the combine days, but he stayed after and uh, helped clean up all the chairs with all the staff, did all that. And then he, he constantly signing autographs after practice. So he's, he's one to look out for. He's, he's one that you want to root for. I definitely believe he is the most curious we're all going to be of all the three quarterbacks. Yeah. Definitely you're wondering what you're going to see, but he's not the one I'm most excited about. Okay. Well, let me go back to Richardson really quick. His completion percentage, even in the preseason, was awful. It's bad. Under yeah. 50%. But we knew that was going to happen. But against seconds. But second teamers, though. For it's, different for, it's different for a young quarterback. Even if he's going against third teamers. It's, it's not the college game. You have NFL coaches game planning for these quarterbacks. They're going to get shut down. Every, every quarterback that went out there in preseason, these rookies, they didn't play well. No, none they, of them None did. of them did. But that's to be expected. There's going to be bumps in the roads, and it's it's better to get it out now than week five. Fair. I think that Richardson does definitely have the most. You don't know what you're going to see. Yeah. He could be a gigantic bust, but it could also become a superstar. Yep. But the one I'm most excited to see 
I think it should be kind of obvious in a way, but it's also not. I'm really excited to see Bryce Young. Our, our first overall pick. He's a do- Not only is he the first overall pick, the difference in that matter is he could go to the playoffs more likely than the other two. Ooh, with the Panthers? With the Panthers. Ooh. Look at that NFC South. Who do you see? This, okay, that's fair enough. The that's Saints enough. are the only team that I think will stand in their I mean, way. The, the Saints are good, but they're not that good. I think the Colts you, only really have to worry about the Titans. The Jaguars. Oh, that's right. They have to yeah, worry the about Jag- the Jaguars. Oh, see, I'm not used to being the, the Jags being good yet. Exactly. I'm not used to. You got to deal with the good. Jaguars, the Titans, and even so, you can't count out the Texans that much. Can't really count out the I, Texans. With I would CG count Stroud. out the Texans before I would count out the Colts. Uh, yeah, I would. I th- but yeah. you can't count them out when it comes to the Colts and them Yeah, battling. no, that's that's fair, and I mean... So, I'm looking at Bryce Young now on the Panthers. They have kind of a fresh start. Frank Wright is their quarter, uh, their coach, their head coach. Yeah. He's a phenomenal head coach for the Colts before he left. Well, he had a bad ending, but he uh, won some crazy games. So I wasn't the biggest fan. I like him. I think he's going to do I, okay. I mean, I don't mind the guy, but I wouldn't want him as my... Coach. Don't get me wrong, if he completely messes everything up, then yeah. you don't want him back, but obviously, but if he messes up in Carolina, he's kind of over being head coach in the NFL. But I think he has a chance to really do some damage in the NFC South. I mean, how far do we think the Bucks are gonna go? And on top of that, how far do you think the other and it's like the Falcons are gonna go? They, they're they're I mean, gonna they do go nothing. Far. Unless Desmond Ritter takes a huge step or Ex- or you know, Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield. Actually, Baker won the starting job. Um, Which is a huge preseason the, the, story. I was going to say, it yeah. ties into the preseason mm-hmm. theme here. To be fair, though, it would have been sad. But that's a problem. That's Kyle a problem Trask. that Kyle, that your starting quarterback had to beat. It was, it was almost Kyle Trask. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't have high hopes for the Bucs. No, they're not going anywhere. Ex- but to be fair, I mean, and they, they, lost still their have, they still have Mike Evans. They still have Chris Godwin. They still have a decent defense. Um, you know, there's some talent around that team. But who's blocking for them? They lost Ryan Jensen for the entire yeah, season. It's, it's not looking. They good. have Tristan Wirfs. He's good. He's good. He's very good. But he but he was not helping Brady out much, that much last year though. But he's also what in his fourth year. Yeah, so he he's could, a young guy. He, he could, could he could, could absolutely turn it. around. Let's I mean let's let him sign a second contract, and then really start judging these primetime offensive linemen. But I see I see a lot of holes in the teams in the NFC South. All of them. Yeah. The one that I would pick to win it all would be the Saints, but I think Carolina's right there. Yeah. I think Carolina has a good new coach, a fresh quarterback, and a lot of young talent with a lot of we can do this on that team. Yeah. Unlike the Bucks seem demoralized. Let me just Brady ask left. you a quick question too. Do you give any merit to the Bryce Young is too small narrative that's going around? No, that doesn't matter. I mean Drew Brees. I mean, it's harder. It's harder it's, it's for smaller QBs. It doesn't matter as long and to as take you him can. first overall. At, how, how tall does he stand? Five ten, five eleven. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's. I mean, that's a that's a tough ask. My my thing is, if you, I don't care what you what your height is, what your weight is, what your anything is. If you can get that ball to that receiver, Fair you enough. can avoid the defensive line, and you know how to read the defense before the play. I do not care. But Ben, let me ask you this, right? You played quarterback in high school. Not well. <laughs> I played center in high school. Wasn't it tougher to throw the ball when your center is taller than you? You got to find windows. Yeah. There's things that it takes away. 
It does. It it's does. It's a very right. real that thing. Big D end coming at you. Exactly. Puts their arms up to try and block your sight path. And now we're talking. It's not high school. We're raising the skill level, obviously, tenfold. And now your tackles are both six seven. Your guards are probably six four, and your center is probably six two. That's this fair. guy's five eleven. That's fair. I mean, people think it's a it's a stupid narrative. It's not that crazy. It's going to be tough, but. We have seen quarterbacks do it. Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. Well, there are, there, Russell mean, Wilson's clearly doing so well still. <laughs> hey, he had a very good career. Let's not throw dirt on Russell Wilson's name. I don't like that narrative. He yeah. had one bad year in a horrible scheme. Nathaniel Hackett is terrible. Well, that was, we'll get to Nathaniel Hackett soon, but... Uh, I think Sean Payton and him are going to do very well. In my actual, they should opinion. do better. They should do at least at least do something. But Jerry Judy just got hurt. They never throw to him anyway because he's always hurt. Exactly. <laughs> so it's so it's, so it's Tuesday. He now again doesn't have a number one receiver. Oh, doesn't he have Sutton? Cortland Sutton? He doesn't have a number one receiver. I don't think he's just <laughs> listening to the question. All right. So, I, I might, but the biggest takeaway I got from all preseason, yeah. as much as the rookie quarterbacks were great, as much as I think Baker Mayfield winning the starting job was very interesting, my biggest takeaway was what's going to happen with these injuries, man? Two preseason games were cut short off of very gruesome injuries. We had one, and apparently it's the plague of the AFC East, they're saying. I think the Jets are next yeah. because. It was, of course, the first major one was DeMar Hamlin last yep. season with the Bills. Then the preseason against the Packers with the Patriots. Yep. And now I think it was Miami against uh, the Jaguars. Jacksonville, yeah. So uh, what what do you think? Do you think that they're going to make new rules about this? Do you think this is just a phase? I think we don't have to look too far into this personally. I think the league is safer than ever. I think there is so much focus on players' health, player mental health. I mean, everything. It's It's just getting to be a safer game. Just look at what the, they're doing on kickoffs. I mean, it's pretty much an obsolete part of the game at this point. But I don't think we have to look too far into this. I think it's a couple of freak accidents, uh, very unfortunate accents, uh, accidents, that all happened right at the same time. Um, I, I don't think there's any underlying issues here. I think something that may lend to the injuries happening, especially during preseason is that it's a lot of younger kids in the football field, at least, trying harder than they ever have because they want to make the roster That's more actually than a great anything. point. And they're going to play a little sloppier at some points because yeah, they're Because the game is so much faster. Yes, they're overcompensating yeah. for how much better everyone else is yeah. and how much faster the game is that these types of accidents and injuries happens. happen. I don't think... You know, it's anything that the NFL can do to stop that. It's it's always going to be a part of football, and as much as it sucks, the athletes they know what they sign up for, but they do it because they love the game. And I don't think there's too much we can really change without affecting the integrity of the game at its core. It's a it's a violent sport. It is what it is. I am going to say though. I'm gonna really miss kickoffs. So am I. I think so I think I. kickoffs were always so I was ceremonious. Always, I was always very against it. Um, just the, any rules changing in kickoffs. Um, but if it really does, I, I know the stats, you know, show it does. If it really does affect positively affect how players are walking away from the game, um, less you know trauma, less brain injury, less injuries in general. I'd be willing to sacrifice kickoffs. 
Why kick it though? That's my thing. Exactly. That's if, my if point. You, the way then it's just going now, it on just the stop kicking it. I mean, it'd be kind of cool if you did like a cool kick to just start. But if they it. got rid of kickoffs, I really would. I mean, I'd be I sad. Would, I'd but, miss it. But I'd, I'd rather it. see no kickoffs than see the kickoff just. Always I don't know. I day. think I'd rather just have it there as you know, like you said, a ceremonious piece of the game. There's nothing like opening kickoff, man. At least the uh, first kick like of the it. game, and maybe the first a half time. There's you have nothing to kick like it. it. Fine. All right. I, I think honestly, why not just just do it like that? It's just ceremonious, and then just never do it again. Everyone starts at 25 from there on out. It has to be. But something. it is kind of like a celebration still when you get the touchdown because you go back to kickoff. Yeah, you I, got points. I mean, or a field goal, the, you got points. So those are some of the most exciting plays in football. A, a good special teams play. Kickoff return tutties, Cordero. Oh my God, Devin Hester. Oh my just, gosh. We're never gonna see any more of these players. I'm just, I, you know, where you just look back and you're just like, man. Yeah. When remember when? Oh my gosh, sorry. Memory lane. Kickoff returns are memory lane. Do you they remember? Are. They're fun Do and they're they're going extinct. Cordero and Lambo. You yeah. had Cordero in in Minnesota when he you did had, that. Like, the the Kayvon Austin's the shifty guys oh that were just drafted because they could. Dan Connolly. They could juke anybody out. Dan, Dan Connolly. Connolly, bro. For those of you who don't know, Dan Connolly was an offensive. Guard you don't know who Dan Connolly for, is. <laughs> <laughs> you buffoon. For the Patriots, and he got a squib kick against the the Packers. And I mean, this guy hit the hole, had two hands on the ball, and he thought he was going down. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, nobody touches him. He's still going. And he just takes that ball, what is it, 50, 60 yards? He takes he it is, to the 10. He is running out of gas halfway down the field. But he keeps going. He gets some blocks. People are scared to tackle him. One of my favorite plays in history because this guard gets to be the man for that week. And he didn't even score, but it's the greatest play ever. Yeah, the, but it's it's one of those things that we're not going to see again. And it's one of those things where if you realize you don't know who Dan Connolly is, mm-hmm. you're, you failed. Just trying to drive away the viewers. Yeah, just, let's let, let's, nobody listens. First episode back, let's just call all our listeners just failures. So elitist. Except thing. for Dan Connolly fans. <laughs> yeah. If you're a Dan Connolly fan, you're like, yeah. Purely just drawing in very specific uh, people. The only person who gets this is Dan Connolly. Who acts yeah. in that way Dan Connolly and his, like, and his, like, fam. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I like this guy. So, <laughs> anyway, moving on to, well, we were talking about a New England Patriot, but we're going to move on to New York sports here. New York sports has been one of the biggest topics in every single, every single league. NFL, they're huge. Uh, MLB. Even in NHL, there was a huge rivalry. I mean, it was Jersey, but NBA, it was a, NBA, not really, yeah. not really. Oh, lol. Anyway, they they love their Knicks, well, but they're not. But the Knicks don't love New York. Yeah. <laughs> they don't play. Well, they played pretty well last season. By the way, get to the the two big sports of the are of topic. We're gonna start with the NFL. Uh, I well, the obvious one that's the biggest story in all of New York is the New York Jets. And, of course, they got the 38-year-old, I believe, 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers. and Mr. Perk. Mr. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> they got Aaron Rodgers. They're coming off of having the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. One of the best defenses in the league and some of the best young talent you could ask for. And But they are in one of the most competitive divisions potentially ever, but I'd say at least the most this year. And what is going to happen to the New York Jets? Will they become a Super Bowl contender? Or will they remain the laughing stock of the AFC East? Tough question. It's tough a question. tough question. Because you want to say you look at the, t- the roster and it's loaded with talent. You're like Super There's Bowl. There's no question. And you got to say, you got to say at least playoffs. 
But then you think about it, you got a great division. You got a quarterback who's a known choker. You got a lot of young pieces that need strong sophomore seasons. It gets a little more scarier. I mean, that team is it's primed for an implosion and it's also primed for a Super Bowl. And it's we scary. could see it go either way. We really could. Your only guarantees, I think, in that entire season are you know you're going to get a great season from Sauce Gardner. I think that's your one guarantee. How do you know? And you know you're going to get a great season from that defensive line. That's the okay, only guarantee from the Jets. I'll give you. But Sauce Gardner, cornerback, maybe quarterback, maybe offensive tackle, but corner might be the toughest position to play in football. Maybe sports. Athletically. Especially in this passing heavy league that we're seeing today, it's near impossible to cover some of these guys. And, and, and your prime is short. The tape's out, and he he has to do it again. He has to do it clean of injuries. He and He's going to be a focal point of this team. I'm not saying he can't do it. I really think this kid is special. But a lot of, a lot of corners have very short primes for a reason. It's because it's a tough position, and you need to be very sharp athletically. Not that I don't think he is, but I mean, there's there's a shot we don't see the same sauce garden. You really? I, I I don't think you believe you're going to see a different sauce garden, but I think you're just trying to. It, no, but let's. I mean, let's pump the brakes because there, there's a lot of question marks. I didn't mention this, but the offensive line is a huge question mark too. Oh, they're they're bad. It, they, they're, that, they're not good. That's part of the preseason that looks pretty bad. Yeah, that's part of the There's a lot of question marks, and there's a lot of question marks at running back. Brees Hall coming off ACL, and you have Dalvin Cook who. They, Vikings didn't want him anymore. Yeah, what's that about? I mean, they had Alexander Madison, and they picked that guy. And take Garrett Wilson out of the equation. Who's catching the passes? It's uh, C.J. Uzama is probably the second best target. Maybe Alan Lazard. And Corey Davis just retired. He just, he just left. Yeah. And Alan Lazard is your second wide receiver. I mean, Randall Cobb with Rodgers. At least they'll be. But he's ancient. He's ancient. At this point. Yeah, he's not ancient, gonna, especially for a skill position. And without a good old line. And receivers that, you know, may struggle to get open sometimes. We could look at Rodgers taking a lot of hits. What's, and that's I not think, good for a, what is he, 38, 39? Yeah, 38 at 38. least. That's, that's old. What's scary, too, is I'm thinking the first six games are rough for them. They have Bills, Patriots, Chiefs. Like They have a rough yeah. six games to start. They have the Broncos. But then their schedule opens up for the last... Well, we're going to find out a lot about them in those first couple weeks. Exactly. But what's scary is those last 11 weeks when you get the dog days of November, like Thanksgiving to Christmas, that time is when you really, like, for example, Super Bowl teams, the Chiefs, the, nowadays, when you get the Thanksgiving, you know they're going 4-0 until Christmas. Yeah. You know the Patriots, when they're in their dynasty, are going 4-0 until yep. Christmas. You knew all this stuff. You got all that. That's when your team finally meshes into becoming that Super Bowl contender that you know. I'm nervous that the Jets will either be injury-riddled, they will fall apart, they might have a good start. I am very curious to see what they're like in those dog days. Very curious. I have a quick question, mostly about Aaron Rodgers. Do you think transitioning from playing in cold Green Bay all the time Mm -hmm. to playing more of his home games in Jersey, where MetLife is, will have... Any effect on him, you know, especially when he goes to colder games, it won't affect him as much as it does other players? I think, yeah, I, like you said... I know that's not a major factor, but it's it, just something I'm kind no, of No, but it's about. something that's somewhat overlooked, because um, playing Lambeau sucks. Yeah. And he's played in Lambeau for a very long time, and it could help him when, uh, you know, when you move on late in the season. You're going to Buffalo playoffs. for a game. Exactly. 
And the AFC East is not a warm temperature place. I mean, uh, barring Miami, but it's uh, and they play the NFC East, which is another cold climate division. It's I mean it it is a factor. I don't think we got to say Rodgers is done because you know, he's this or that, but it's a factor. If Rodgers looks think cold if, on the sidelines during I the think cold if games, anything, you have a it'll probably help him being from that cold climate and having that background. Yeah. I think Rodgers will be just fine. Uh, I think at worst he's going to be good. I, in my opinion. At worst he'll be injured. Yeah, well, yeah. But I mean, like playing. Yeah. Well, at worst be good. He's not going to be terrible. I'd be shocked if he's terrible. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but going on to the other New York team, though, the Giants. Now, I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. Okay, relax. They have spent the majority of their money on returning players like Saquon Barkley and most of it on Daniel Jones. Acquisition in Darren Waller. And they did sneak a really pretty good deal in Isaiah Simmons. Uh, Love that. Uh, but does this team have enough to repeat that miracle season they had last year? Do they have enough to defeat the retooled Eagles, defensive juggernaut Cowboys? Sorry, Dak, but they're a defensive team now. And the sneakily talented commanders. Okay. Do well, they have let's, enough? Let's relax. They're sneakily um, talented. I'm just saying. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and a sneakily talented team has won so many. Don't get me wrong. They could easily go 2-15, and 15, but... Half the people out there couldn't name the quarterback's name, so... Sam Howell. Yeah. And barely. He's another guy that had to win his position in camp. Um, I don't see the commanders. The Eagles, going to be a great team. Um, they're just loaded with talent. Young talent, older talent, good quarterback, good in the spots where you need them to be. They're scary. Um, and as a Giants fan, that, that hurts me to say. Um, the Cowboys, I think they're going to be a middling team. I, I don't see Dak playing out of his mind. Um, the defense is good, but I think a little bit overrated. Micah Parsons is a beast. Can't put anything past him. Um, and obviously my Giants, they're unbiased take here, but they are going to win the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why are you guys yeah. laughing? <laughs> no, 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 Ben made a face. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, um, you tried to get me to crack. Gotcha, definitely gotcha, wasn't gotcha. you saying the Giants were winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, if, I... If, if we go to the end of this season and that team wins the friggin' Super Bowl... And he says, I was serious, episode one. We will never hear the end of I'm it. I'm leaving the show and making my own spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> Liam just talks about the job. <laughs> it's just me repeating that we're going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, no, to talk about those those ads, I was very happy. Rob, you showed me the news on Isaiah Simmons. Yes. How happy was I? Very. We were at work, yeah. and you did not care. Started if the fist pumping the air. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I was very happy. And Isaiah Simmons... Has not been the player we thought he was going to be coming out of college. But in Wink Martindale's defense, he is going to be scary. We're a heavy man coverage team that relies on athletic coverage. That's him. That He's is literally one him. of the best cover middle linebackers out there. Don't play him at safety. Let Dane Belton take it. Let Xavier McKinney take it. And uh, just play him right at middle linebacker. Have him covering running backs and tight ends. I love what the matchups are going to do with that. It's going to be fun to watch because he is exciting. Darren Waller, do we really need to go into it? When healthy, one of the best tight ends in the league. You got we got him for Kadarius Tony. You got Kittle, Kelsey, and then Mark Andrews. Mark and Andrews. Him. I mean, yeah, yeah. When healthy, and when healthy, he's up there with Mark Andrews. Yeah. Sorry, Rob. 
No, no, I've yeah. watched him play. Yeah. He's good. I understand that. Yeah, he's good. Um, and Kadarius Tony is probably one of the most overrated players. In I the think league. a big, big X factor to watch out for is right tackle Evan Neal. Can he make a jump? He was decent uh, his first year. Nothing spectacular. Andrew Thomas made the leap. Can we see Evan Neal become the tackle that we drafted him at? What did we draft him at? Six? Something like that? Um, can he be the sixth overall talent that we drafted? We'll see. I think the biggest question mark is Daniel Jones. He's, okay. he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league and paid not Patrick Mahomes money, but he's getting paid like Russell. But how much maybe? improvement are we going to see from Daniel Jones at this point? Not much. I, I that's what's scary. Is the... this going to be a dumb contract of just... Oh, yeah, it could be. I'm just it worried could be. about this. I'm talking, see, when I said X Factor, I meant for this season. If we're going into the future, I am terrified of that contract. I mean, it wasn't crazy money because four years from now, he's not going to be one of the higher-paid quarterbacks in the league. I understand that. But we paid an average quarterback above-average money. We did. Yes. And that could do him a franchise. And on top of that, we got a running back to sign. There's another big question mark. Because where is the running back market going right now? Last year was one of Daniel Jones' better years. It was his best. It was his only good year. It was his only <laughs> decent year. And then he got paid. Yep. And something that does happen with a lot of players who yeah. ball out right before they get paid is they immediately dip. Yep. Because that's what happens in contract years. Players know they're playing they for play a contract. Better. They're playing for the money. The bag is secured. What now what? Yeah. Now what do you have go to play here? for? Now, if he has that dog in him, he's playing for the ring and he's going to try harder. Now, based off of what we've seen from Daniel Jones in the past... That's hard to say that that's exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. What was his biggest issue? Fumbling? Fumbling, bad decisions, accuracy. Playing the position of quarterback. <laughs> Anything pretty much but speed. Okay. Wasn't he one of the best uh, running quarterbacks in the second half of the season, though? Vanilla Vic, baby. <laughs> I will say, though, the one thing that I'll give him credit for the mentality, quarterbacks are really known to be the ones that are ring chasers more than any other position, in my opinion. Unless you're older and you're a veteran. That's, that's a tough thing to say. I, I mean, there's people all over that do Well, that. they're guaranteed to make a ton of money, so like the only thing you can really want is a ring. Because if you play decent, you're making hundreds of yeah, millions of dollars. but you also have to build your team around a quarterback. You don't have to build your team around a wide receiver. Wide receivers can just join a good team. Fair. Quarterbacks don't really get that option. That's true. Think about what Odell did with the Rams. Yeah. So I think that Daniel Jones is going to be a little bit less of what he was last year. But if he steps it up, I think they have a shot to be second in that division. Because yeah. I think the Cowboys are, in my opinion, oh, and I think about the defense, don't get me wrong, I think Stephon Gilmore is a beast. And he's still, as a veteran, is still playing really well. Lost a little bit, though. But he did lose a little bit. And you know what I just said about those corners? They I was, go quick. And I do think they have the, the one of the most overrated players in the league in Trayvon Diggs. So I think that the Cowboys overall, with everyone, if you eliminate Micah Parsons from that team, they are by far the most overrated team in football. Micah Parsons, they usually are. Micah Parsons is going to be great. He's one of the best, if not the best defender every year for the next coming future. T.J. Watt's going to rival him mm-hmm. a lot. But... I didn't sauce Gardner if he's what he, we all think he's going to be. But I think, I genuinely believe that the Cowboys are the most overrated team in yeah. all football. And I think that the Giants have a legitimate shot to get one of those wild card spots. Yeah. Sorry. 
No, it, it's just baseball fantasy stuff got me going right now. Sorry, keep going. What got you? Um, Tommy Edmond wasn't starting today, so I took him off my roster, and he just walked it off for the Cardinals. Oh, and I God. really needed those points today. <laughs> wow, that's a bummer. That's terrible. That's a bummer. Yep. Uh, Cue the sad music. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a clip right there. <laughs> I, I just really needed those points this week. <laughs> we got we to gotta pause it on Rob's face. That's going to be... Oh, Rob, there you go. Socials. Anyway, next up, we're going to keep it, keep it in New York, but change sports. We're going to the MLB. And what we've seen from the MLB is crazy. We've had some of the teams we never thought would be good be leading their divisions well one of them not anymore that I'm going to mention but you have the Baltimore Orioles that was just a bunch of young guys that are now leading the division leading the AL at some points and then you also have had the out of nowhere Texas Rangers come in lead the AL West all the way until the finally the Mariners figured it out and they've done really well but you have them, they're going to be serious World Series contenders. They've they've been slumping, but I'm not saying they're not, still not going to win that division. It's the wrong time to slump, though. Well, August, no. Wrong time to slump it's, in September. It's not good. It's, it's Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's not good. It's not good, but I think they'll be fine. You also have, but you have some of the really good teams, like the San Diego Padres and the two New York teams, New York Yankees mm-hmm. and New York Mets, that were touted as World Series contenders. And they all are terrible. You've had some of the best young talent in San Diego, but I think the more surprising one, because San Diego is kind of like top-heavy, so you kind of saw it coming a little bit. Like, if they didn't perform... They They're not an established win. team. No, and they, and if they and those three players didn't perform in sync instantly right now, mm-hmm. they're not going to work. Yeah. But the one that gets me is the two New York teams, the two highest payrolls, number one New York Mets and number two New York Yankees. Both are not even have a remote chance of making the playoffs anymore. Well, they both still technically can. Neither of them have been eliminated yet. There's still only one team that's been eliminated. A's? Yeah, the the Oakland A's. Well, they've been eliminated since game one. No, they were (laughs) officially eliminated earlier this week. Huh. Yeah. Um, But what happened? What happened to these two New York teams? What is the reason that they're playing so poorly? Go off, Rob. I'm going to start with the Mets, just because I have more to say about the Yankees. I can see steam coming out of your ears. The Mets... Went for um, Scherzer and Verlander, and they're two older pitchers. Verlander's doing good back in Houston. I think he just really wanted to go back to Houston. Yeah. And Scherzer's a bit more rocky. They're both veterans. They're not. They're both pitchers you could pretty much rely on for up until this year, if I'm being honest. Now they are aging. That was a factor. The rest of their starting five rotation was not much either. Pitching really let them down. Yeah, but you, no one knew what he was going to be. Yeah. So you kind of go in, you're like, all right, you have these two vets who are aging, one new guy coming in from overseas, and Cookie Carrasco. Yeah. What, what more do you, do you need to ask? And Carrasco's about? up there in age too. Yeah, but he's also always just been Cookie Carrasco. Yeah. Now, the thing that's surprising me is how poorly their bats have been especially compared to last year. They put up one of the better run differentials of the entire league last year, especially with the middle infield of McNeil and uh, Lindor, first base Pete Alonso, who's been slumping but been injured a little bit this season. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just they just never clicked. No. There was not a single point where anyone was on the same page for the New York Mets. And I don't know 
how it happened. I don't know where the dumpster fire started, but I, I think it started in the bullpen and made its way to the starting pitch. Oh, pitching. man, that was a terrible way to start the season with the bullpen. Edwin Diaz? Oh, yes. I was Is that not talk- what you were talking about? That's not even what I was talking about. Oh, no. man, that was a... David Robertson was the only pitcher that was pitching well for that bullpen. They all... We're just there was a meatballs where, the team. Yeah. yeah, there was a time where David Robinson was their only good pitcher. Oh, yeah. And it, it, when your only pitcher's... Your closer, your backup closer. Not even not even backup closer. You're supposed to be your setup setup yeah, guy. He's, he's setup guy. He's not even... He's not even supposed to be a closer. He hasn't been a closer in 10 years. Yeah, for the Yankees. And that, that's really. also something to say is that he's been in the league for more than 10 years, another old aging pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, dude, Derek Jeter was the shortstop last time. <laughs> and it's you know what's really a shame about the Mets? They went out, spent all this money, and didn't get younger. They got older. and this They really put themselves in a very bad situation. Well, they did call up Alvarez and Beatty, third base and catcher. Yeah, which but I mean, still, when good. you're talking about going out and signing a free agent, you want someone who you can get for a couple years, especially on a team like the Mets where they're not one piece away. They're right. not. You want somebody you can rely on. Even if it's one guy, instead of going out and signing both big pictures. Just go get one guy who's going to be a, a good starter and has good potential. Should have gotten Dansby Swanson. I mean, there's a lot of guys they like that They don't need a shortstop, there. but... No, Dansby no, they Swanson. did not need Dansby Swanson. But you they have th- Francisco Lindor. I know, that, but you could put Dansby at second. And I understand the caliber there. of player you're going for. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the caliber of player is, is correct. They just signed Jeff McNeil before that, too. You couldn't, you, they couldn't get Swanson. They, they weren't going for middle infield. Um, but you know what I'm saying. Yes. They should have gotten younger. They should have built for the future instead of just dumping money into bad assets, praying that they were going to get a championship this year. It just didn't make any sense to me, and it was it was doomed it, before it was it, it was a, it was either this year or never. That's and what... they, and they didn't have the roster for it this year. I'm sorry, but if you look at the the roster, even in, in the beginning of the year, it wasn't a championship roster. My my thing that bothers me the most. About the Mets is Buck Showalter. The lack of, I think the don't get me wrong, he's one of the best managers of all time. Okay, I was just keep going where you're going, you, but please finish your sentence before you react to my face. But my my thing is is Rob's mad already. By the way, uh, but it has nothing to do with. Isn't Rob always mad? Yeah, fair. Anyway, so the uh, it has nothing to do with the fact of his resume or anything like that. He's one of the greatest managers you could ask for. The problem is, is there's no, there's no attitude or no backbone to this roster, and it just kind of, what, what, why fight for a team that you just not, no one's fighting for? If you go to it, Pete Alonso gets plunked, the whole entire crowd cheers. No one cares on the Mets. No one cares. They were the most hit team since. A year ago, they are by far the most hit team. But they've been plunked more than any other team by a lot since the start of last year. Not once have they retaliated. Yeah. Not. If you got That's plunked not... 20 times, you're charging the mound, Liam? Seven of them. Yeah. I In mean... my opinion. Rob, you're charging the mound four of them. I would charge the mound on one, and I hate fighting. But if I got plunked 20 times, I'm running to the mound on the 20th one. I'm running to the mound. I mean, it's sports. This is what it's meant to be. But what it does is it tells people... It tells, A, it either lights the fire under the rest of your team. I would do it. 
I don't even care if I lose the fight. I'd do it just to rally my team. Yeah. Just be like, because you know what it does? It makes you go, yeah, I don't like the other teams. Yeah. I like the Mets. And what it also does is it just it just ignites something that you don't even, you can't even describe of just like pride. And like, let's go, now that my teammates punched them in the face. Let's go win the game. Let's go win the game. Even now for the rest of the series, when you face another team, it just riles you up. And if you get hit by a pitch and don't retaliate, you're looking at the exact opposite. You look demoralized. Yeah. You look like a no, wimp. I'm sorry, but you two sound like two of the oldest heads of baseball I've ever no. heard. Oh, my Retaliating? God. We're just getting away from that. That was one of the worst parts of baseball because it caused so many fights and so many unnecessary injuries. First Listen, of all, the best the part, part of about baseball. <laughs> is charging the mound, dude. That was the most interesting Joe movie. Kelly, bro. That was the, the, best, the Joe, best. We talk about Dan Connolly, we could talk about Joe Kelly Joe, the same way. Joe Kelly wanted so bad for uh, Fernando Tatis to charge that mound. just entertaining. <laughs> That's what you turn on the TV, you want to see entertainment. You don't even care if Joe Kelly gives up seven runs. You'll still well, watch him. unless you're, you know. Yeah, unless you're the fan of that team. But, like, you don't care because you're like, dude's going to do something But crazy. it draws eyes to the game. Exactly. It's not a bad thing. No, but you're not tuning in because you think there's going to be a fight every game because that, that doesn't happen in baseball all that often. But look so at the also, Yankees and Red Sox. Look at the Yankees Buck and Red Sox. Isn't, Buck isn't a retaliator. Buck has never been a retaliator. You were talking about his resume. You should have given a look over before you talked about retaliation and Buck. I know, but that's a problem. That's what he's saying. He's saying it's the he problem. I know his resume makes him that good of a manager, but it is a problem. There is no heartbeat to this Mets team. At least the Yankees have a heartbeat. They're just terrible. It's a weak heartbeat. It's a weak heartbeat. They're terrible. They're dying. But, <laughs> but they at least have... But they the Mets least, are flatlining. They, yeah, see, it's like at least the Yankees have emotion towards like, we want to win. Yeah. The the Yankees just are bad. The, the Mets just... They're good. They just have zero heartbeat. There's nothing that makes you go... I'm sorry, but condoning throwing at players and starting fights is not something I can join in. I'm not saying Rob, start gonna, the it's fight. Gonna keep happening. I'm saying it's the I understand that they're going to get hit. Yeah, but people are always going to get hit by pitches, and most of the time, believe it or not, it's not intentional. I'm not no. saying start a fight. I'm saying That's exactly defend yourself. Saying. I'm saying defend yourself. If you're hit more than any other team in the the league by a substantial margin they are doing it because they know you're not gonna defend yourself you first and if and you don't defend yourself you look like a team with no heartbeat who would want to go to bat for a team that's just like you get hit by a pitch you're the rest of your bench is gonna be like i'll go to first buddy yeah. <laughs> like, like that great thing. job good on <laughs> <Yeah>. it <laughs> great at least you didn't swing yeah. like i would be like this team is boring it's i don't want to fight for it yeah. like i don't know you're, you know what? You're right. We're just going to scrap baseball together. Just turn on boxing if that's what you want. I'm not saying go straight into a fight. I'm saying defend yourself when... Have a little pride have in a the jersey pride that you're wearing. You. Exactly. You think they don't? I think they don't. I don't think they do, no. Right, Look at I, Justin I have Verlander. The Justin, because you guys make zero sense. Justin right. Verlander just left. He just said, bye-bye, I want to go home. I want to go back. Scherzer literally gets to the, the Rangers, was like, I didn't want to be traded. Those guys couldn't wait, wait to leave. But then he's like, I love it here. Because the Rangers have a heartbeat. Yeah. So you have all that. There is, and in the Eduardo Escobar, he's probably not doing too great on the Angels, but I bet he's probably having a better time because at least Shohei's entertaining and he has a heartbeat. It's, just, it's not a place people want to play. Exactly. So it's just a place where... You said the Angels have a heartbeat. Yeah, they have Shohei. That's that. That is their heartbeat. As long as you have Shohei, you have a heartbeat. They have half a Shohei. Yes, but they have half a Shohei. <laughs> yeah, half a Shohei. Yeah, half they a have Shohei. Half of a, 
Half of I mean Shohei Trout. I mean half of half of Shohei is still like one of the best players. Mike Otani, dude, that guy would go crazy. <laughs> they have Mike Otani to half of a player. I'll take him. Half of Mike Talkman, half the, of Shohei Otani. <laughs> that's an MVP player right there. Mike Trout and Jose Otani cut in half and made one play. <laughs> but anyway, that's the best hitter of all time. Of all time. But uh, anywho, <laughs> righty switch hitting. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking of. Anyway, sorry, but. All right, so what's wrong with the Yankees? What's wrong with the Yankees? Uh, the Yankees don't know how to hit when Aaron Judge doesn't know how to hit. And when Judge is in a slump, the rest of the Yankees are in a slump. And when Judge is injured, they don't know how to hit. But even when they were hit, when he hit four home runs in two games, they, they went one and one. They were still How lost. do you go? I'm sorry, this bothered me extensively. This how do you go one and one? I know he hit three and one and one and the other, but that shouldn't matter. He hit four home runs in two games, and you went one. That's what the Angels are and doing. one. Now look at what okay. the Angels are spending on payroll. Unbelievable. Okay, I'm gonna say something, and I know you're definitely gonna want to cut me off. Please just hold it for a second. Let the record know he t- pointed at Ben. Uh, I'm the patient <laughs> one. Yes. It, I know you're probably gonna want to, but I know you're better at holding it in. I am. Yeah, I'm the so, best. Before the season started for the Yankees, there was an issue at catcher, left field, and starting pitching. Now, I've heard this right. In the offseason, they got Aaron Judge, which is not a new addition, just keeping mm-hmm. the same player. They got Carlos Rodon, who was second in Cy Young last year. And he did, he's not great this year, but he came in halfway through the season when the team was pretty much already dead mm-hmm. from injury. I'm not yelling at Carlos Rodon here. And then. They didn't get a left fielder. And then came the trade deadline. Yankees were struggling. They were barely afloat. They they still had they still had a chance to make the playoffs if the move Solid was chance. made. Yeah. The Yankees made a trade for bullpen relief. But come the come trade deadline, they had the same issues. They were looking for left field, catcher, or starting pitcher. And what they do, Rob? They didn't get anyone. They didn't trade for anyone except Kenyon Middleton from the White Sox. Oh, that's a pretty good trade. No, it wasn't. <laughs> We've used him three times. The Yankees... Those are three good times, though. Brian Cashman, <laughs> Take me back to the showed, days. <laughs> Brian Cashman showed no initiative to try and go out and win this year. And I don't know why he did. Maybe because Hal Steinbrenner said, we're spending too much money on Judge Stan Cole or whatever. But you still got to try then you shed some of the money you already have and trade them to other teams. They, they did none of that. They didn't budge. They thought, you know that team that lost in the playoffs last year? Maybe if we just run them out the same exact this year, we might win the whole thing. Did they do that? No. Hmm. They actually, surprisingly, did worse. Because they lost Judge for almost 50 games. Judge didn't hit 62 home runs? This year? Yeah. No, because he was injured. Oh. He made one of the best catches of the year, but the outfield wall at Dodger Stadium gave way and he broke his foot. So, yeah. No, that doesn't make any sense then. That he would have to go on that ridiculous tear to support these mediocre players, and he couldn't do that. So they did worse. That's weird to hear. The most consistent players on the New York Yankees have been Aaron Judge, Derek Cole, and Glaber Torres. Outside of that, there has not been a shed of consistency. You know what's wild? Something to think about. Rob, Yeah. you are a Yankee encyclopedia, kind of like I am. Name the best Brian Cashman move for free agency in the last decade. Best free agency? Yeah. Oh, I mean, where do you start? There's all, all of them. Garrett signing Garrett Cole. Gar- signing Garrett Cole. 
Signing Garrett Cole, yeah. Great move. Yes. Name one more. Um, well, where think. do we start? Your second best, I would say personally, would be Giancarlo Stanton, who which is was, currently which was a bad one. Who has, by the way, is this you amazing still have power of hitter? Time with he's Stanton an, left. He's an ama- which is the problem. Hold on, time out. Ready for this? He's an amazing power hitter, right? One of the greatest power hitters of all time. Yeah. How many times have he hit over forty home runs? How many? Once. Oof. Can't bode well. Yeah. Can't one of the greatest well. power hitters of all time. Has hit 40 home but runs. But at least you didn't pay him that much. Once. Oh, no. We paid him, like, what, $300 million probably? Oh. No. 278 Technically, the Marlins paid him, and then we traded for that contract. Yeah, great. Anyway, so we're paying how much? A lot. Most of the contract. Yeah, absurd. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, he gets, like, 30 cents from the Marlins. Oh, but, okay, man, man, you're being ridiculous. He definitely plays well on defense. Oh, fun fact. <laughs> They put him in right field only in Yankee Stadium because it's the shortest right field. And then on top of that, you'd think, right? He plays DH. And you'd think when you're the DH, you're the designated hitter, you'd hit really well. Guess what his batting average is? What? 207. That must be really good. No! It's huh. god-awful! And guess what? Can I... Do you know who has more home runs? Anthony Volpe? The rookie shortstop? Or Giancarlo Stanton? One of the greatest power hitters of all time! Who? Anthony Wolfie has more home runs. That's unbelievable. And, and now, hey, hey, let's, let Rob, who, let's who, let Rob defend Giancarlo Stan. Yeah, yeah. After that rant. Yeah. Giancarlo Stan has been injury prone, which does does hurt his numbers. That I must make the money that. worth it. But he is also injury prone on the Yankees organization, which is the same organization that ignored a DJ LeMahieu injury for the entirety of last season. And... A Anthony Rizzo concussion for two and a half months this season. Now, I'm not saying it's entirely the injury and the injury staff's fault for this, but he, he's been running slower and he's looked just generally worse after coming back from injury. I, I can't necessarily put that all on them or all on him, but there is just some parallels there to think about. That's all I'm putting out there. Because if you miss a concussion for two and a half months and someone who's not running right you think when when did he get injured? Rizzo? No, Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Uh, this year he got his first injury was pretty early on in a I think it was like a slide into second base. I mean, let's also not forget he hasn't been spectacular in previous years. Yeah, I mean, do you want to know how phenomenal he was in previous years? Guess what he batted? He's batting two hundred seven this year. What he bat? He batted last year in that amazing, you know, Judge carries us to the top final yeah. four. He batted two eleven. Did he really? Yeah. What's his best batting average career? Please enlighten me. It is 281 on the only year he hit more than 30 home runs. I mean, 40 home runs. That's not good. That's not worth the money they're paying him. They need to dump him. It is two. Actually, I correct myself. I actually am wrong about that. It was the 2019 year. He hit 288. Either way, pay half his salary to not play for you. I'm sorry, I'm a big fan of Giancarlo Stanton. If you just leave him at DH, you're fine. He, he, you can pick up two good positional players that can play offense and defense. Oh, Here's the thing, you could just pick up those positional players because you need position players. Oh, by the way, I thought I'd, I didn't care to mention this. Remember that year where he was so good and he bad 288? Guess how many games he played. How many? 18. I'm just saying, as much as no one would ever do this because he's the captain of the New York Yankees, imagine yeah. how terrifying it would be when Judge was sprinting at you and you were just like, this is how it ends. You don't remember the Boston fight, do you? 
Judge was in the middle of that one. Oh no, the yeah? Judge and Stan yes. literally pushed the pile. It was incredible, huh? Yeah, so don't don't say you know I know he's the captain. It's just he's been there. No one's no one's hitting. He hasn't charged the mount, but he's been in was the scrum. Was it sick? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So you and you want to did and you want to did so you enjoyed it. And no. did it? Did it? Give oh! <laughs> did it give you Yankee pride? No. No, it totally did because I was like, "Go oh, Yankees!" After that, it gives you Yankee pride. But the Yankees, you know what they did? They got rowdy and they got to the playoffs that year. And guess who else went to the playoffs that year because they were upset about it? And they went on to win the championship, I believe, that year. The Red Sox. <laughs> and you know what they reminded themselves that they got into a fight with the Yankees all year long. I mean, that's the, one of the best rivalries in sports. And you know why? Because all they do is fight each yep. other. It's, it's, it's just... You can't get tickets exactly. to the games. Exactly. You can't get tickets to the games. Because you know they're going to fight each other. <laughs> so, so I and guess what? Now they're getting cheaper because they're not... They're just kind of Because, yeah, because they're just two bad teams. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> Red Sox are supposed to be horrible. And they're Red good. Sox are okay. They're the Yankees okay, are kind of yeah. bad. Yeah. It, it, it's... It's one of those things that every actual baseball fan of the last 10 years has wanted to be phased out of the game because we want we want the players to flip their bats. We want them to jog slower around uh-huh. the bases with the home run celebrations because that's entertainment. Yeah. The fights are not the entertaining part because players keep unnecessarily getting hurt. What was one of the biggest clips from baseball this season? Down goes Anderson. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't know that? Who wasn't listening to that? By the way, I do think... I mean, that was... That, I mean, there was fights. To give... There were fights on that night. There was boxing, and there was UFC. And they all... Sh- Guess what we were talking about the next Mid-fight, they day. showed a clip of it. Like, mid, mid-boxing match. People like, were in the MLB. loving it. Yeah. But I, so, I mean, let's not speak for the entire population that says to, we don't want to see fights. To begin the transition here, to begin the transition here, I will say my favorite part of that entire thing was just the edits they made of like him with boxing gloves. Yeah, and they're just great. they're oversized great. boxing gloves. I'm like, dude, who was sitting there with that photo? Like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> this is I am the luckiest guy in the world. I have a photo of Jose Ramirez with boxing gloves after this. That 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 like media guy was like Yeah. I just I'm famous now. That intern deserves a raise. Yeah, yeah. so anyway, we're going to keep it in baseball, though. And as we said, half of Shari Otani is still probably going to be the AL MVP this year. I mean, how can he not He's be? He's going to be. Is there He's anyone gonna. that you have, Rob, that could possibly compete with Shari for AL MVP? No. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, it's, it's a lock. <laughs> It's, I think it's, I think you got to bring down like Barry Bonds to, to go to the AL to even have a shot. He's just I mean the the meaning of the award is valuable. You ha- and he is so valuable. It's it's crazy to think that it takes a record setting season to beat him. You have to have one of the best hitting seasons. And even then, and we the weren't sh- entirely sure. Yeah, there was he still was the, in the conversation. People were still like, yeah, it was it was probably like a 60-40 vote. No, probably like 70-30, but people were like, he pitches. There's he a pitches. whole aspect of his game that no one else can touch. His ERA is one lower, he's MVP. Yeah. His ERA is from 3.5 to 2.5, MVP. Yep. Even after Judge And even 3.5 is not bad. It's not bad numbers. It's good. That's really good pitching. Yeah, yeah it's good pitching. <laughs> it's unreal. But I think that's a wrapped up. But we have, I think, a two-way race now in the uh, I would say NL. So. It is between Ronald Acuna Jr., who is batting three thirty-five this season with 61 stolen bags. But you also have, across the country, Mookie Betts on the Dodgers, who's batting three twelve with 35 homers. And both of them are leading to another division championship. They're the best players on the two best teams in the NL. Who is winning the big trophy? And also, you got to take out of consideration, though, Mookie's teammate. 
Freddie, who's also crazy good. Yeah, but I don't think voters look I f- at it. They're not going to I think it's him. something I look at because I think the most valuable player should be the one that means the most to his team. And if there's two players on the same team that are in consideration, I think it personally hurts you. But right now I just saw the odds. Mookie has actually moved up as the favorite past Acuna. That's insane. Yep. Because Minus 120. Acuna hits another home run, he will be the first ever 30-60 30-60, yeah. First ever. And I, I mean, it is a little bit of a, uh, you know, a Judge specialized Judge only won the MVP stat. last year because he hit 62. It was Shohei's for the get-go. What do you mean? Shohei should have won MVP last year if Judge didn't hit 62 home runs. Yeah, but 30-60 is not the same as 62. No, so it could it's be all, a Norbert's pitches. You have to understand, baseball is a 100-plus-year-old sport. Yeah. And for something to happen for the first time ever, especially like a 30-60 season... Is insane. It's a little bit specialized, though. It's not like it's you know it's the highest OPS we've ever seen or like something incredible. It's not the lowest ERA we've ever seen. It's the first person to steal sixty bags and hit thirty home runs. Great, great. But we've seen people hit thirty home runs plenty of times. We've seen people steal sixty bags. Not actually a long Just, time. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, no, it's tough to do, but we've seen it. It's not like each of these stats are. That great, they're I mean good ball player, but by themselves it's not that great. You put them together, it's impressive, but it's not revolutionary. It's not game changing. I think Mookie's had the stronger season. If you look at all the numbers and you don't look at that, oh he did the thirty sixty. He's he's gonna break this stat. He's gonna be the first one in the club. Personally, I don't think it's important. It's not like I said. It's not home runs. It's not on base percentage. It's not one of those. It's a specialized stat. So, personally, my vote, Mookie Betts. And I think that's gonna who's going to win it. He's performed late. Recency bias is always a thing. And he's in L.A. He's got a lot of factors going for him, and I think they're so close that I think he takes it. I agree with you, but for different reasons. Okay. Now, I think saying a record-breaking season is what took to beat Shohei. I do agree it does take a record-breaking season, but in my opinion, if you put Ronald Acuna in the AL this season, I still give it to Shohei. Shohei smokes him. It's not that. It's, it's not, not the same record. But, but, okay, listen. You can't just put Acuna next to Shohei. Shohei pitches. But he pitched against Judge, too. Yeah, but Judge hit 62 home runs. Exactly. And exactly. That's my point. That's my that, point. That's the point. That's the point. His, his record is his not record as good. His is not as good. Who, Acuna's? Yeah, yeah. The 3060. Yeah. He's also batting plus 300, has one of the highest on base percentages in the league, and is on the best team in all of baseball. Shohei is the leadoff hitter and has the most leadoff hits out of any leadoff hitter this year on the best team in baseball who is known for scoring in the first inning. I mean, Mook's right up there with him, though. But you also got to look you at this. You put the stats side by side, they're very close. This is why, I'm going, this is why I'm going with Mookie. This is why I'm going with Mookie. Take. This is how I always win. It's neck and neck because right now these guys are neck so and close, neck. so close, and it very well could be who plays better the rest of the season. Yeah, of course, so it could change at any moment. Like if one goes on a slump, it's over for the. It's, it's done. Like the, yeah. It's done. So, or if one just surges, it's done. Mm-hmm. So I I do agree. If we're talking right now where it's neck and neck. I believe that when it comes to neck and neck in that situation. And I thought about this with Judge and Otani, but it was more difficult with Judge and Otani last year. It was more difficult because it's the same it's the same exact situation as well. You take them off the team. What changes? You just take them off the team. Yeah. They never existed. That's what I like to look at too. The 
Braves probably still win the division. I would be shocked if they didn't. They're not the number one seed. Yeah. But they win the division. They're the second seed behind the Dodgers. You take Mookie off the Dodgers. Not the same thing. They are third in the division. Yep. It's Diamondbacks, Giants, Dodgers. Do you think the Dodgers just don't have the rest of their lineup? It's, it's, it's Freddie. It's Freddie carrying is what it kind of becomes. It kind of becomes Freddie. It's Karen. not that same OP Dodgers team where everyone was a star. There's a lot of again, I mean, stars that have fallen off, a little bit of aging, like Kershaw injuries. There was a lot of injuries. A lot this of season. injuries. There had a lot. Of, they were Mookie the was one consistent. Mookie, Mookie Betts. and Freddie. Mookie and Freddie. Well, yeah, Freddie's, Freddie's Mookie right and Freddie carried that That's team true. for months, and then finally they started clicking. Like, I'd say halfway through the season they started yep. to be really good. In my opinion, the Braves are a better team. Yeah. I think the Braves are the, by far the best team in the league. By far. Yeah, I would agree. Not even close. I would agree. That's the best one through nine lineup, a phenomenal bullpen, and a good admirable starter pitcher. Yeah. They're not the best in the pitching at any department. I trust them, though. But, yeah, I'm not... They're you not bad at all. Strider out there. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a Oh, good they have pitch. Striders. They're ace. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's He's a, a good that's pitcher. That's a solid ace. So you're looking at it like this team will be just fine. Now, don't get me wrong. Without Acuna, it would be a massive blow. But it's not as significant as you take Mookie. Now, that's why I said I thought about this with Judge and Otani. And even with it, Otani being like at that time, it was, Travis it was, Hurt, was closer than people give it credit. But it was Judge. Judge is a little less needed than Otani was last year, but it was <laughs> so close. I don't think so. We need a judge. I think we Judge was the man. Need a judge. But it's an that's old, last year. It's that's an last old year. discussion. But by the way, it's not crazy to think either one. By the way, because they're both nothing. They're both nothing without their players. I agree. But this year, it is a little bit substantial that no Mookie, that's team is a lot worse, and no Acuna, the team is worse, but not as much worse yep. as. Uh, and it's and it's significant to notice. So that's why I go with Mookie. Acuna is just better. Deal with it. Phenomenal. There we have it. <laughs> <laughs> that is hours of research. I'm we have sorry. been in the lab. It is, it is getting very late at night right now. I'm starting to crash very hard. Braves, Braves fans are like, I see his point. <laughs> so we're going to round this one up then because uh, Rob, Rob, Rob has to go to sleep. Getting a little sleepy. Yeah, Rob's getting sleepy. It's time for... A new segment I have here. Yeah. It's the, we used to do, what was it, uh, overrated, underrated. Yeah. We used to do all that at uh, the radio station, but we're just doing one now. We're doing one now. It is called the locks and upsets of the week. We will be keeping track per season. We'll be keeping track per season, and the we might do, we'll think about it, but we might do a winner gets a benefit. In new the, car! <laughs> being second is probably the most, like, nothing happens to you, but if yeah. you're first, you win something. If you're third, you have to Winner gets to punch the loser in the face. Okay, no. Anyway, so what we're going to start off this week, and I think, do you want to be the honorary leadoff man each time? Uh, me? Yeah. Yeah, I could. All I right, could, so I Liam, you can lead it off with your lock and upset of the week. So what do you got for All right, so let me go with, are we going to do all of our locks first, and then we'll go all of our upsets? Um, we'll, no, just do your lock and upset. Just do both. Okay, let's go with my lock of the week. Uh, this is a Wednesday game. We're going Oakland A's and Seattle Mariners. Seattle Surgeon, Oakland is officially eliminated. There is no way that Oakland goes in and beats Seattle. And what's your upset? My upset of the week uh, looks like a Saturday game. It's going to be Rangers-Twins. Rangers, comfortably in the playoffs. Twins, fighting for their lives. They're going to come out. They're going to come out angry. They're going to win that game. 
So you got Twins over what? Twins over the Rangers. Yeah, Rangers are doing pretty bad. They're slumping. All right. So, Rob, setup man, what do we got? All right. This is Friday night baseball. Astros, Yankees in Houston. Astros are pumbling the Yankees like it's nobody's business. And you're hearing it from a Yankees fan. That can't be easy to say. I would take it. Yeah, no, they. It's we're not we're not even close to have have one of our good starters at that day. And then, if my math is right, the Sunday game, my upset is Sunday Padres versus Giants in San Diego. The Padres beat the Giants. Because the Padres are the underdog in this situation. Huh. But if my math is right, Blake Snell is supposed to be the snarter that day, and Blake Snell has been on a tear. I considered actually taking that team. Yeah, I was close to it. but All right. Now I'll round it out. I'm going with the weekend slate here. My lock of the weekend. This coming weekend. I have to find it just so I make sure I don't say the wrong teams. Oh, my lock of this weekend, I definitely, absurdly, without a doubt, have the Mariners defeating the Mets on the second game on Saturday. I just, I don't know why, I just want to Both are locks for the Mariners. Yeah, I got the Mariners. I just, the Mets are bad. The Mets are bad. <laughs> and the Mariners are really they surging. Good. So I have them winning the second game because I do see sometimes they're on the road, so that's a trap game, maybe mm-hmm. game one. But I think second game when they've slept in New York, they're get good to go. Get their feet under them. Get their feet under them. I got the lock. Mariners. Julio goes deep. Don't actually bet that one because I don't know about that. But Julio will, of course, Lead that team to a victory on Saturday. Now, my upset. My upset is very interesting this week. I really didn't know what to go with because I was going back and forth. There was a couple where I was like, that seems like... The upset is a little tougher to take than the lock. I mean, it's it's tough to say, oh, this bad team, going to beat one of these good teams. But I feel like countering Rob because I kept... I was going back and forth between two, and I wanted to see if during the podcast I'd be able to resolve it. And I actually just looked at both of them again. And I thought this would be a little bit more interesting this week. And you know what? I'm going to make it even more interesting. What day did you choose for Yankees Strohs? Friday. I'm going Yankees beat the Strohs on Friday. Wow. I go Yankees beat the Strohs. I think that that rivalry can't be a sweep. They're not going to allow it. They're bad. They're strappy. They tried to fight the Rays. Where do you think they're under the Strohs? They tried to fight the Rays. And now the Rays disrespected them afterwards. They really, yeah. they may have tried to start a fight, but the Rays won that fight. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. But uh, Brandon Lau said the most mic drop quote ever. But I got the Yankees then beating the Strohs on Friday, just so we have kind of a guaranteed standings in that regard. And a little bit more delusion from Yankees fans to close out the pod. If this wins, <laughs> that would be so funny. All right. So I would love to thank you all for listening to this episode. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok with the at Dear Hollow Heroes. You can also email us through DearHollowHeroes at gmail.com. Message us and let us know what you think about the topics we discussed or give us a take of your own. You can hear us on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify under the same user, Dear Hollow Heroes. We hope to hear you all again next week. And I want to again thank Liam and Rob. Stick around for our next episode. Have a great day, everyone.